Let's talk about microdosing. You know that feeling when your body and mind are really at peace, like after a workout or a nice long shower, where you've relaxed, you're focused, and a little energized? It feels just right, like you're in the zone. Well, microdose can help you not only get into that zone easier, but stay there longer. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. I absolutely love how helpful these gummies are. For me, half a microdose gummy during the day helps me really stay centered and really fresh as I get everything done on my list. And they really help me relax in the evenings as well and just be present and in the moment instead of worrying about things from the day or what I have to do tomorrow. Get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com, promo code MinaAF. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com, promo code MinaAF for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com, promo code MinaAF. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. I'm Mina Starziak-Hawk and this is Mina AF, where I answer all of your questions and you can ask me anything. Can we talk about money? Can you still breastfeed with implants? You're both boss moms, and I'd love to know the story of how you met. Literally anything any of you want to hear. Listen as we build a community and get to know each other better. Happy Tuesday, you guys. Uh, We made it through Monday. I made it through my first uh, family cruise last week. Um, I hope you guys are all doing fabulous. I am feeling like a stressed out, crazy person um, because our cruise was not really a vacation for my husband and I. Um, it's the first time we've ever done it. And so it was a, it was a good experience. It was a learning experience. Um, I'm going to give you a little bit of a background of, of our cruise experience before I jump into some listener questions. Um, but Steve booked this for us like forever ago. We've never been on one. We've talked about going on one for a really long time. So he booked this carnival cruise. It ported in Charleston. We live in Indianapolis. So we have to fly to Charleston, get on the boat. And then it was like a day at sea. And then you get to Nassau, Bahamas, and you have a day there. And then you overnight go to, um, I didn't even know this either, but Cruise Line's own islands. So Carnival Cruise Line owns Half Moon K Island or K, whatever it is. And we went there and it was amazing. And then there's a day at sea back and you port at Charleston. And I feel like every possible thing that could have gone against us was going against us. And I was, I've been trying to figure out the lesson there because I'm such a control freak. And so many things were out of my control that I thought were. I thought, I thought like we had this unlock. Steve planned everything. All I did was book our flights. And Sunday morning, we wake up. And I have my sister's baby shower that I have to go straight to the home Colts game from. And then from the Colts game, I need to come home and uh, like get our lives together because our flight is at 5 a.m. the next morning. And when we wake up Sunday, I get an email that says, your flight to Charleston is canceled. It's canceled. It's not even like pushed an hour. It's canceled. The flight I booked got us in at like 11 a.m. And you have to be on the boat ready to roll by 3 o'clock. So plenty of time. I'm like, we'll get lunch. We'll wander the straw market. It'll be great. Um, flights canceled. So I call American 
And they're like, yep, no, we have no other flights that can get you in um, before 10.30 p.m., which is just obviously not an option. So we troubleshoot with them, end up saying, okay, I'm looking on the computer the whole time. I find a flight on Delta that has a layover in Philadelphia or LaGuardia. God, I looked at so many. That'll get us in at 126. And I'm like, okay, airport's 15 minutes from the boat. We can do that. We got this. So I book that flight and we get up. Sunday morning, okay, we're good. We get to the airport. As soon as we get to the airport at like 8.30, because that's what time our flight is now, I get an email that the layover is going to be delayed an hour. We are going to push that flight. So we'll land in Charleston at 2.26. And we have to be at the boat by 3 with checked luggage. And at this point, I've already checked our luggage. We've already left the house. So there's no way to like reconfigure the luggage situation so we only have carry-on and can bust a move as soon as we get off the plane. That ship has sailed on that. And I've already cried like 50 times because this is so stressful. On Sunday morning, while I'm dealing with it, I'm also on my way to my sister's baby shower that I was like, quote unquote, co-planning. Epic fail. Like I picked up the custom macaroons on Saturday for her baby shower that weren't even custom macaroons because they didn't have my order anywhere, which was wild because I placed it weeks ahead of time. And then panic get 75 other macaroons that are not any of her favorites. And they called me like, oh, no, we found your order. Psych, we have it. So it's just a roller coaster of emotions on a lot of levels. I also did not bring her a gift. Um, You're supposed to get a a book instead of a card. And I did not do that. Luckily, I have lots of children's and lots of books. And I've actually already gifted her like 50 books. So I took one of my kids' books, signed it from our family, and that was the gift. It was just, it was a hot mess on Sunday. Um, so we finally get to the airport on Monday. I find out our flight has been pushed an hour and we're going to get in at 2.26. And Steve is not with me. He dropped me and the kids off. He's parking the car in long-term parking. He comes in and I tell him this. I'm like, okay, so let's sit down. Let's regroup. The kids don't know what a cruise is, but they've been talking about it nonstop. The big boat. We're going on the big boat. We're going to go to the beach. We're going to go on the big boat. If it was Steve and I, we both would have just turned around and went home at this point and like too many things against us. But what we decide is let's just go to Charleston. We're going to make the best of it. We're going to make, we're going to, we're going to go the, we'll go to the aquarium. We'll go to the beach. We'll see if we can get an evening in the sanctuary on Kiowa Island where we always stay. Um, we've got friends that live there. So I actually book a rental car and we move forward. As soon as we get on the plane, uh, on our, our second leg, the the pilot says, guys, I'm going to be able to make up the time. I think I'm going to get us back there at our original time of 126. And I'm like, holy Jesus, this is just, you know, it's stressing me out. It's stressing me out. Kids on a plane are stressful on top of all this other stuff. So that's our situation. We're like watching the clock. Hey, guess what? Shocker. We land at 226. And I think we deboarded at like 232. So a little frustrating that the pilot got our hopes up so wildly that we would like, oh, we got this. We're going on the cruise. It's great. So I've checked in for our rental car. I come back around to where the luggage is, um, and Steve has just pulled the luggage, and it was the first luggage off the plane. Never happens, guys. And it was 2.40. And he says, let's just hail Mary it. And I I felt like vomiting the whole time. I'm like, oh, but I'm not going to be the naysayer. So we hail Marriott. He's like, I'm going to get an Uber. I'm going to pay him 100 bucks to get us to the port by 3 o'clock. We get an Uber. We're in the Uber two minutes later at 3.42. And this guy was a magic man. 
Definitely not safe. I would not advise this. But he got us from the Charleston airport to the port at exactly, we pulled up as it changed from 2.59 to 3 o'clock. And the nice man standing there had to walkie, a gentleman named Charlie, who was apparently the keeper of all happiness, because he had to ask Charlie, do we let him in or do we not? And luckily, the guy who was on the ground with us, um, you know, we have two small children. We're like, we're begging. And whatever Charlie said resulted in the guy on the ground by us saying, I mean, they're on the property and it's three o'clock, sir. And they throw us on a golf cart and they take us onto the boat. (laughs) And if you guys follow me on Instagram, that's what you saw because I was like crying, freaking out like about to vomit because it was all happening so crazy quickly. I've already booked this rental car. Now I have to figure out how to unbook the $500 rental car. But we made it onto the boat and experienced the cruise. Um, There was not – I haven't posted hardly anything, I think, on um, Instagram because there just really hasn't been a minute. Staying in a room with two children, Charlie actually just turned three. It was this past week. So three and five, although it was roomy, I don't suggest, I just don't suggest it. It was absolutely awful. Um, If Charlie's not talking, which never happens, Jack's talking or they're fighting or they're jumping from bed to bed or, I mean, it's just a lot to keep two kids that young in such a small space. And this particular boat was not really set up for kids. Like there was an adult only pool that had a shallow end and then the kids pool was five feet deep. So you have to be like in the pool with them the whole time. There's no relaxing. And everyone that we talked to was like, oh my God, it's going to be so great. There's a kids club. There's always a kids club and the kids want to go. You have to drag them out of it. Y'all, they're talking about Disney. They're not talking about Carnival Sunshine. The kids club there, we went and looked at it and the kids were bawling because they didn't want to stay. And honestly, I don't blame them. It was super depressing looking. There was no outside space. There was no like direct windows to the ocean. It was just some kids shoved in a carpeted room like doing arts and crafts. So we did not, we did not take advantage of of that. So they were with us the whole time. I'm not sure how much more research we could have done, but this seemed very middle-aged singles focused. There were a lot of singles mixers and a lot of activities into like the the into midnight. Like we go to bed at seven. The kids go to bed at seven, we go to bed at seven. So the days on boat that were supposed to be, I think they were actually called like fun, uh, the fun day at sea were not necessarily super fun days at sea. It was um, just trying to keep everyone alive. But getting off in Nassau was absolutely beautiful. I've been to the Bahamas. Um, I think the last time I went was I was in high school or like maybe freshman year in college. And it's so dang beautiful. And the kids love the beach and they love swimming. Um, and then overnight we went to Half Moon Key, Half Moon K. I don't even know, guys. I don't know the difference. But that was the coolest part because we've been talking about swimming with the pigs with Jack for like the last year and trying to figure out a vacation where we could make that happen. Um, And there's an island off like um, the Keys on like this other tip of Florida. I'm really bad with geography. Um, We could be talking about the same spot. I don't really know. I imagine there's more than one island with pigs, but you could take a boat from Half Moon K to this island and feed the pigs and swimmer. Well, like you don't really swim with them. It's not like you're leisurely swimming with them in the ocean, but they do swim in the ocean to get food and to play. And it was super, super cool. And I I got a lot of great pictures. So the two port stops were awesome. Um, The time on the boat, not so much, but I think that wholeheartedly has to do with like the boat we picked and the style of the cruise. 
But for a family of four, it was affordable. And I know that is very, very subjective. But I believe when Steve booked it, it was like $3,200 for a five-day cruise for four of us. And that includes, you know, the food. You could you have to pay for soda, which is strange to me. But all the crappy lemonade and iced tea you can drink. Um, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have different stressors, some big, some small, that we carry around and that really weigh us down. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to have a negative effect on us. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever it is that's weighing you down. For me, therapy has been so helpful, really learning those positive coping skills and to be the best version of myself. I know myself better and how to set the right boundaries that really work for me. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, then give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, and it's entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash AF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash AF. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. So it was a learning experience and got home Saturday, uh, like late afternoon. And Sunday was really just kind of also a crazy day because it's unpacking, doing laundry, cleaning the house. Um, right now, this uh, the real time, this is Sunday. I'm recording the episode you're listening to right now, two days ago, because I have been an absolute shit show and have no episodes pre-recorded and everyone's freaking out. Um, I am too, totally. Um, but hopefully I'll be able to play some catch up next week. So it's just been a nutty, nutty week. And on top of it, I'm sure some of you can feel me. Like I, the family, the cousins, like my kids' cousins, I absolutely love that they're all here now. And apparently it's everyone's birthday right now. So we every weekend have had one, if not two, like events that we've had to go to. So there's just been no time to breathe. And Charlie's birthday was Saturday. And because we were traveling, I forgot. We like landed in Indian Jack's telling Charlie, it's your birthday, baby. And I was like, her birthday is not today. Twas. It was. Um, so uh, we actually celebrated it on Sunday. So when she woke up, I had no presents. We had no like cake or cupcakes. <laughs> She's also turning three. So she doesn't even know what day it is yet. So I don't feel quite as bad about it. Like when she realizes that we were traveling on her birthday and it wasn't celebrated properly, then I'll have some guilt there. Actually, I'm not going to lie. I do have a little guilt there, but I can move through it, the amount that's there. So um, we also have events all week, all this next weekend, another birthday party. Charlie's birthday party, I think, is going to be on the 24th. I still don't even have it planned. So all this to say, any of you moms or dads or anyone out there who feels like you're uh, – not not doing it right, not handling it all. 
you're probably not, and that's okay because no one else is either. And if they look like they are, they're just lying. Um, you're getting their highlight reel. So again, part of what I think I like about Mina AF is um, if you already didn't understand that you're not getting the highlight reel on my social media, you really, really dive into the deep end of the non-highlight reel part of my life on Mina AF. Um, so I appreciate that. What I want to talk about, um, I've had a whole bunch of reactions to um, uh, the pain of change versus the pain of staying the same. Um, you know, the family being, some of the family being invited or not being invited to Jack's birthday party, things along those lines. And I, I've i mentioned my sister Kelsey's dad, my sister Kelsey's dad ran before. He was my mom's second husband. And when my mom was married to him, that's when I refused to to go for visitation. Um, and you know, which you're not really allowed to do unless the court says, but my dad allowed me to not go, which I'm sure struck up a huge court battle. But so for some reference as to who Randy is, Randy is Kelsey's dad. And he was at this baby shower. And I'm not sure if he's going to be listening to this episode, but he, I had seen him the day before, no, two days before on Friday, because there was another event. It was Kelsey's husband's birthday. And I was just there briefly because I had to go straight home and pick up the kids to do something else. My life is a hamster wheel, and I'm really trying to slow it down. Anywho, I see him briefly on Friday. I see him on Sunday, and he's like, hey, I meant to give you this on Friday, but it was so quick. And he hands me this book that's called, I don't have it with me. It's called Shut the Fuck Up, I think. Maybe the initials for Shut the Fuck Up. And he's like, it just helped me a lot. You should read it, and walks away. And I did not know what to do. I felt like Ashton Kutcher was going to jump out because I was getting punked. He said he said a few more words. He was like, hey, I listened to something that talked about your podcast the other day and talking about your relationship with your mom and stuff. And so I wanted to give you this. So with the amount of words he said, I was like, well, that is royally fucked up. Um, and <laughs> my brother's wife saw the whole thing go down from across the room and she is aghast. She's like, what just happened? What did he say? I'm like, I don't know what just happened, but I don't think it, I don't think I like it. And it opens up and goes back to that larger conversation of where, is there a line? Where is the line about talking about friends, family, experiences, because they all are mine. Like I have freedom of speech. I can talk about what I want. We're in America. It's great. But how is it affecting people? And this was one thing that kind of added to that conversation in my brain. And then also last week, I had an interview with People Magazine. And People Magazine and Today, the like Today Show, picked up and ran like digital um, stories about the last couple episodes about either my relationship with my mom or my my brother William or not sorry William and I are good we've squashed it but my brother mom my brother Tad with any of my other workers um, and what they did was create clickbait because the reason I have Mina AF is so I can say more words so people who want to understand and want to ask questions and want to be educated consumers of content have a place to be there but when People Magazine or Today takes a snippet and makes it clickbait, then that brings out all the trolls who, they, if you look at 
any of the posts from these like um, from these outlets, all the comments are like they're 50-50. They're a bunch of Karen saying mean stuff and then the other half saying, "Did you actually listen to the podcast? Like if you listened to it, you wouldn't be saying what you're saying." And they're all saying, "No, I'm not going to waste my time listening to a podcast. Give me the highlight reel. I don't even know how to get a podcast. I don't know what a podcast is." Which is why I don't want those people knowing the things I'm saying on my podcast. Like, you have to be able to pass through the threshold of learning what a podcast is, acquiring the ability to click on a podcast and listen to it, because then you have enough going on that you have like actively chosen to be there and sought out the information that is in the podcast. And I had this follow up interview with people, and they asked me about what kind of I guess backlash, I don't know if that's the word they said, I'd gotten from the recent episodes. And I told the gal at People Magazine, I said, the problem is y'all did the exact opposite of what I was trying to do with Mina AF. I was trying to get people to hear more, to learn more, to not want the clickbait, to not just want the highlight reel. And what y'all gave them was the highlight reel, which allows people to be very angry very quickly. And I get why why outlets do that, but I also don't like it. Um so my guess is that's what Rand saw, some version of the highlight reel where they took a sentence about me saying something about my personal life that, without the context of the whole episode, is very aggressive. Um, I'm guessing that's what he saw. Anywho, it's my sister's baby shower. It's her first baby. So I'm like, this is not the place. But I'm so frustrated in my head because I'm like, as a child, I never stood up to this man. I never said the way you treated us mentally, emotionally, physically was not okay because I was too young to do that. And none of the adults around me were doing that. So obviously it wasn't true. What he was doing was okay. And I was so frustrated because I'm like, I'm an adult now. I can say the things to him. I can say, no, I'm not going to shut the fuck up. I actually, let's talk about how fucked up the stuff you did when you were my stepdad. But I'm at my sister's baby shower. And that's not the place for that. And my older brother, I kind of like, you know, his wife says, I saw this whole thing go down. My older brother's like, what just happened? And he actually spoke with him a little bit during the baby shower. And what I uh, presumed from the gift was not the intention, which also doesn't matter. So he and I did talk briefly before I left. And he, while he was well-intentioned and said that his life would have been different if he shut the fuck up sometimes. He might have a different life situation because he always spoke his mind and he did it aggressively and he did it um, inappropriately. So this book actually really helped him. So he thought he was doing me a favor giving it to me. And still, I like dr- I'm driving home from that last conversation. Like I should have still said, okay, I, I, I hear you, but you don't understand X, Y, Z. And I didn't, I didn't say any of the things. I didn't say any of the things that I should have said or that I wanted to say because now I'm a grown adult and I'm no longer scared of him. And I'm so mad at myself because there's no, like there's very few opportunities to do that. But then I'm also thinking about, okay, if I said the things, can he even hear them? Which I think is the problem for like most people across the board. I have gone through years and years and years of therapy. I'm still in therapy. Therapy for my mom, my the rest of my family, therapy with my husband. Like if I wish therapy was free because it's like that best friend that will actually give you good advice and not make it worse, which can tend to happen even though best friends have really good intentions. Um 
But I've worked really, really hard to get to the place where I am and be okay existing around these other people in my family who aren't doing the work, who aren't going to therapy, who aren't seeing like, okay, maybe there are some things in me that I could work on that would help affect change in this relationship. And maybe they aren't going because they just don't care to affect change in their relationship. I don't know why they're not going. Anywho, I've done a lot of work. I'm still doing a lot of work. And so I kind of wanted to take a moment to address that, like this whole clickbait that ha- that the podcast has kind of turned into because there have been these really, um, God, what's the word? Just really controversial things I'm talking about. And the other thing I said to the gal with People Magazine, um, you know, asking about my relationship with mom because I've had so many, oh my gosh, tens of thousands of people say, you know, you only get one mom, make it right, fix it. No one ever says to the parent, like, you're the parent, make it right, fix it. It's always the kid's responsibility to forgive because because fill in the blank, because they were doing the best they could, because they were uh, mentally ill, because they didn't have the financial means, because they fill in the blank. But it always is talked about as it's the kid's job to fix it. And what I said to this gal was, it's if you kind of turn it and think about it in a way that like you are biologically predisposed to have a chemical, like this connection with your parent, I think particularly with your your mom because they carried you in their body. So what amount of things or what string of occurrences over the period of time that it is for you? Because I'm sure some of you can relate to this. But how many things have to happen that affect you in a negative way for that like literal biological bond to not be strong enough to hold that relationship together? Like what could a parent do to make a child not want to have a relationship with them? And whether that's not want to have a relationship with them their whole life, not want to have a relationship with them for a couple years, not want to have a relationship with them until they get sober, until they work on something in therapy, whatever the, you know, the, the, the rest of the sentence is. But I just wanted to pose it that way because while I can 100% accept the feedback and the comments, what I don't really like is when they're not based on I guess enough information and not that anyone will ever have like all the information, but you can still judge me for not inviting my mom to Jack's birthday party. Um, you can still dislike me for it. You can still think I'm the problem, which I'm for sure part of the problem, guys. Definitely part of the problem. I'm working on it. Um, but it's not been one thing that my mom and I can go back to and I can say, okay, I forgive you and we're going to go past this one thing. It's a cumulative situation from the time I can remember when I was three of things that have created the situation that we're in now. And it's incredibly hard to undo, particularly with someone who's not actively like in therapy or actively working on themselves I'm not sure if I've ever been at a point where I would say, I'm good. I got it. I'm not the problem. You figure your stuff out um, and then come talk to me. And those are actually words my mom has said to me. 
I'm not sure if she meant them at the time. I'm not sure if she felt them then or still feels them now. But when you're trying to engage with someone who doesn't think they have an active role in the current relationship status, that's just banging your head against a brick wall. And I've done that in so many ways, in so many relationships, in so many jobs, and so many experiences my whole life that I've done doing that. And the only other option when you then banging your head against the same brick wall is to just back away from that brick wall. And that's kind of, I guess, the choice that I've made um, is to back away from that brick wall until that brick wall becomes a little squishy with some therapy or self-awareness or something. <laughs> and then I would potentially re-engage. But it's just, as you can see from the first five minutes of this episode, my life is crazy. And I have a lot of really, really amazing people in it that support me. And I have a lot of people in it that don't. So those that don't, I'm not going to put energy and effort into. And not that that's the right thing to do. Not that's what I'm saying anyone that's listening should do. If you feel like whatever situation you're in still deserves your energy and effort, then you should give it wholeheartedly. It's just not where I am. And I was about to say, and you know, I, I'm sorry for that, but I'm not. That's just the situation. And I'm trying to navigate a very large Catholic, Polish um, family that rides hard on guilt and celebrates everything with everyone. And setting those boundaries is really tricky and they keep changing because <laughs> I, set, I set a boundary that um, – my brother Tad said some really awful stuff to me, and I'm sure he would say that I've said some awful stuff to him too. Um, but the most recent said he stuff stuff he said to me, um, he can't say it's not what he said. He can't say I misunderstood. Like it's in text and it's black and white, and that was kind of my final straw there. And I had a conversation with Steve and said he's not a good person for me to be around. So I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, I can't ride that roller coaster with him until he focuses on himself and understands the, the help that he needs to get. Therapy, medication, whatever it is. I'm in therapy. I'm on medication. A lot of people are very against it. Um, so maybe that's not the right path, but whatever needs to happen isn't happening. And there's been so many family events literally just since that text that kind of was the final straw um, a month or two ago. And I told my family, it's like me not being at something, like I always want to celebrate you. So if I choose not to be at the thing that's celebrating you, I want to be able to take you to dinner. I want to like do an activity with you, things like that. But it's also super challenging with such a big family. Um, I went to a, uh, a breakfast, a brunch, like a family brunch, and I went early because dad's always late. And I was like, I'll come. I'll hang out for a bit. Um, I'll let the kids play. We'll go. And as soon as I get there, uh, the host is like, oh, yeah, yeah. He just texts. He's going to be late. And I was like, perfect. I'll hang out for a bit and I'll go. Shockingly, only 15 minutes late. And it was tough because I don't want to make any situation worse or weirder. I'm just trying to protect my, my sanity. And walking out the second he walks in the door with my kids is just going to start a whole rigmarole. So I stay. The kids play. I just avoid him. 
And then the next event is the baby shower that he's invited to, and I can't not be there because I'm the host. And I've already been at one event with him, so the family's like, why can't you be at other events? And then I have another sibling's birthday party coming up that I had said that I would love to celebrate and take him to dinner or take him and his wife to an event, um, but that I wouldn't be present at the birthday party. And now it's a question of, well, clearly I love my sister more than my older brother then because I was at her event while he was present, but I won't be at this other event while he's present. So now I'm going to the birthday party and the line that I drew in the sand was washed away within two seconds. And I don't know how I feel about it. Like nothing happened. I just don't want to be around him because he's not a kind person to me. And he probably feels the same, just in all fairness. I'm sure he feels the same. Um, but the line's gone. So I'm not really sure how to move forward there. Um, I don't even know where I'm going with that line of questioning or conversation. But I guess just to say a lot of the comments and questions um, that you guys kicked back on the voicemail um, were, you could all relate to the family trouble, like trying to figure out boundaries, trying to decide when it's time to walk away, when it's time to keep working on it, when it's time to double down and reinvest. And I wish I had a better answer for anyone, but obviously I don't because I don't have the answer. And I think kind of the outline that I'm using to decide whether it's time to re-engage with, this is, I think could apply to friends or family, is are they doing the work too? Because I'm trying to do the work. I'm in therapy. I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to make the right decisions for myself and my family. And I think it's, it's kind of an easy decision for me right now because none of the people that I'm struggling with are doing any of those things. Um, and then, you know, it's just, it's even more. You know, Charlie's birthday was this past weekend and my mom didn't call or text or give her a card or drop a present on the door. And I know she feels like she has very valid reasons for not working on developing relationships with my kids but I just can't understand that. Um, that's a hard one for me because even when she was with her past husband, I always told her, I will never keep my kids from you. And I never have. Um, and I think part of her fear is that if she upsets me that I'll, and she's gotten close to my kids, that I will pull them away from her and it will hurt. Which I can understand. I can understand that fear. But it hasn't happened, um, and I don't plan on it happening. I would never use my kids as a as a like a weapon like that because they love they love their BG. If they see BG, they're like, "We want to go play with BG." But if BG's not there, they don't ask, "Where was BG? Why wasn't she at my birthday party?" Just because they don't see her much, and it makes me sad that. They have so many people that care about them and that act as their grandparents and that love them and take care of them when I'm not here or if Steve and I want to go on a vacation. And it's just crazy that my mom and I are in such a way that she wouldn't even wish my kids happy birthday um, for whatever reason. I just can't think of a good reason. 
Um, so all of you who are struggling with those boundaries and lines and relationships, I guess just know you're not alone. Um, I think a lot of people are. And the path of least resistance is to just continue with the habits that your family has developed over however many decades. And it's really, really hard to break those patterns. And if you try to break the patterns, you're probably the asshole. Um, and so you got to be okay with that. And even though I've decided that I'm okay with that, it doesn't mean it's not hard. It's really, really, really hard. So if any of you are trying to break generational trauma, kudos to you. It's not easy to do. It's not for the faint of heart. So a lot for a Tuesday. Um, but I just want to say thank you for people who have like sent messages into the podcast um, thanking me for not shutting the fuck up. Um, that's the whole point of the podcast is to not shut the fuck up. I still have the book. I kind of want to read it just out of like curiosity, but I also don't want to give it the time of day because his reality is very different from my reality. He probably isn't aware of anything he needs to apologize to me for. And you could say, well, why don't you ask for it? But I don't need it. That's not a relationship that I need to, to care for. Um, the book, the book just threw me off and I didn't say any of the words I wanted to say. And I am regretting that a little bit, but the words probably would have fallen on deaf ears. So I'm going to try to move on from that. Anywho, thank you guys for listening to my ramblings. Hopefully this wasn't too much for <laughs> a Tuesday. Um, we've had some great questions that, uh, Actually, I don't think I even answered directly any of your questions. I'll make sure <laughs> the next episode I do like a direct question box answer session. Um, so leave your questions in the show notes. It can be anonymous. You can say your name. You can ask whatever you want, personal and personal. Um, there's nothing that will upset me. So you know the drill. Click on the link in the show notes. Leave your message. And until next week, I will uh, I'll see you guys next Tuesday. Have a good one. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.